Get ready, everyone. It's time for Bug Juice. Where we teach you everything you need to know about antibiotics for the pediatric boards. Okay, everyone. Today, we are going to discuss macrolides. The uh, big ones to know for this class are azithromycin, erythromycin, and clarithromycin. So they all end in myosin. The mechanism of action of these uh, three drugs is actually that they inhibit protein synthesis. If you want to get really in the weeds, which I don't think the boards would likely test you on, but just in case, they bind the bacterial 50S ribosomal subunit. And so basically you can't translate mRNA and then you can't make proteins and then you can't live. So the bacteria basically can't survive because of the protein synthesis. This makes them considered bacteriostatic, although at very high doses they actually can be cidal, but bacteriocidal, but for all intents and purposes think of them as bacteriostatic because they don't really kill the cell, they just make the cell not able to grow. They cover some kind of weird, I think of macrolides as covering uh, weird things. I think the technical term is atypical, but I like to think of them as weird, but that's fine. They, uh, they cover things like mycoplasm and Legionella, chlamydiophilum pneumoniae. They also do have strep pneumo coverage, although there is some growing resistance to strep pneumo, which is why it's not always the, the right answer um, from a pneumonia standpoint. They don't, own, they don't have great coverage against strep pneumo, so they often need something else like amoxicillin, uh, which is like first line for children, uh, pediatrics. Um, and then you add azithro if uh, they're having, if they're like a high risk for um, atypicals, which is like school age kids. So anyways, kind of off track, but they do cover um, a lot of these kind of strange things. Erythromycin does not cover H influenza. And so if you want coverage for Haemophilus, you really have to add azithromycin. You have to have azithromycin, not erythromycin. Uh, they also cover pertussis, which is a, a good one to know. Erythromycin, uh, if we talk about kind of side effects, um, erythromycin has really a lot of GI side effects. And if you think about erythromycin is often used to help with gastroparesis because it kind of moves your bowels along, you can understand why if you're taking it for a bacterial infection, now you might have diarrhea or um, a lot of GI side effects because it clearly works on the GI tract. And so most people don't start with erythromycin for many things except for erythromycin ointment that we give to neonates um, on their eyes, which is not a systemic uh, medication. It's just obviously um, for conjunctivitis of the newborn. It's important to know that erythromycin and clarithromycin are also cytochrome P450 inhibitors. So if they're on, like, say, a drug like warfarin or any of those, like, millions of drugs that, that we learned about for step one of our boards, uh, then you want to you just want to know that they are going to kind of change the metabolism of those drugs. So if you had, like, a heart kid who's on warfarin um, for a valve, like, you, you need to know that before you put them on one of these drugs because they really can uh, change their their metabolizing of the warfarin and their subsequent INR. Erythromycin also causes an increase in pyloric stenosis for neonates, so it's not really used for those kids either, but again, it's not really given systemically. Uh, there's not a lot of indications for that. The common teaching has been like, if mom gets erythromycin in utero, it can cause pyloric stenosis. I kind of did like a quick little, it's not super impressive lit search, but 
it's probably not true, but it could be true. And so in general, it's just not recommended, obviously. And for boards, they kind of like this kind of stuff. So if mom had urethromycin in pregnancy, there's this questionable, highly debated topic of is it really causing pelvic stenosis or not? We don't really know. And what else? Oh, and then the big one, uh, another big one to know is that macrolides can cause neutropenia. It's one of the kind of acquired causes of neutropenia. So if you're working someone up for that, you might just make sure you ask about that because it's a big player in the neutropenia world. Uh, I think that's it. It's not too many things. See you next time.